One of the best ways to optimize management and to increase the value of your self-storage facility is through property management. And that means you're going to need really good property management software. That's where Tenant Inc. comes in. These guys have a huge amount of tools at your fingertips that you guys can deploy and put into motion to extract the maximum amount of value and deploy the maximum amount of value at your storage facility. Again, this is Tenant Inc. Be sure to check them out. They're all things property management. It's truly your one-stop shop. Check them out. Link is in the show notes. Welcome everybody to Self Storage Income. And, uh, you know, we should kick this off on today's topic, but we could continue our discussion that we were having previously before we got on here um, because uh, I stumbled on something that was very interesting. And uh, I, I think I always, I always knew that there was this segment, but I didn't realize how prolific this thought and uh, this overall viewpoint was. Um, and it's a very, very important thing. Um, and the dinosaurs were real. Nothing to do with storage or anything we're talking about. We just feel bad because we got Ernie here and people don't believe that he was real. I mean, come on. How, I mean, how do you not think that that's real? Ernie, plug your ears. It's, Everybody believes yeah. in you. Yeah. But that was interesting. We brought it up. We did a survey um, after finding out online and a huge portion of the people sur surveyed. It was something just over uh, about 54%, I think was the end numbers, said we believe that they were real and roughly how we think that it was, right? Not saying that anybody knows exactly because nobody does. How could you? Um, but yeah, we think roughly, you know, there was dinosaurs that walked on the earth. Then we asked another one, how many think that maybe dinosaurs were real, but they were not, it's nothing like how anybody thinks or whatnot. There was a segment of that, but it was some big portion was like outright don't believe that dinosaurs were a thing at all. And um, so it's interesting. I, I, I guess I didn't realize that. I didn't know. Now I'm obsessed with this this idea in this segment of the population um, that, plug yours, Ernie, doesn't believe he exists. We got to get the word out. That's and right. um, we're going to change the world here. It's going to be the uh, Dinosaur Files yeah. podcast. Ooh, Dinosaur Files. That's like a good name, right? Like Dinosaur Files. It could be. Could be good. Could you imagine we blow the cover? <laughs> like dinosaurs are totally fake. <laughs> total hoax. We start diving and into it. And we find out on a self-storage yeah. podcast. If that's true, Ernie, I want a refund. Yeah, I, I gotta yeah, tell you. Got... Ya, if you think that they're real, give us a five-star rating. And if you think that they're not real, comment on the review part how good of a podcast this is. So those are your two options. So Perfect. everybody, go for it. Support Ernie or don't support him by giving us a good review. By supporting us. By supporting us. Win-win. <laughs> That's how I like to see it. Uh, so no, today we're talking about um, underwriting and values in uh, a um, in t today's environment, right? I mean, we had uh, uh, an we had another podcast where we were talking because we released the YouTube video at the time of this recording. It's today, so it's actually releasing as we're recording this, but on why rental rates have dropped even though occupancies haven't. So why have we seen a 30% rental rate drop, right? Even though occupancies where in the great recession, we saw a, it was like a, I mean, five, 6% rental rate drop in the great recession or something like that. It was, it was less than, than half, almost like a third of the rental rate we saw now, but yet occupancy had dropped to like the low seventies. So to put that into context, why 
it's so so puzzling and everybody's like trying to figure out what's going on the high of today is the or the low of today of occupancy so demand right that's dropped is the high of the past so where we saw occupancies drop in the great recession right um during that every time up until 2018 or whatnot today's occupancy is the historical high uh so the point being is why is there no traditional real estate and in the youtube video everybody go check it out because i actually walk through so you it's not just me saying it here but you can see a comparison to 2008 and then you can see a comparison to today where demand hasn't dropped like that like in the past it has dropped we know demand's gone down demand was off the charts and that was the self-storage bubble it was never going to continue so it's demand's definitely down but it's nothing like the great recession mm -hmm. but rates drop so much so this is something that we started uh looking at a lot and i was trying to explain and explain in depth to banks and i, I realized there was no context at all how this works and as I was explaining it to other operators, I started to realize, oh, wow, there's like a lot of people I don't think understand, which makes sense. Because unless you're doing what we do, how would you understand that street rate and in-place rates are completely different? And just because you have a project that's showing a street rate of $50, that does not mean the storage facilities in that market have a $50 rate. Mm -hmm. uh, so this, everybody, I hope helps you because when you're talking to investors and also banks, you are going off of a reality of a street rate on a decrease in a very short period of time that is predicated on infill of vacancy, but will not stay at that rate. But once again, if you're talking to investors and banks and they don't really understand that, uh, to share with this, you know, on our surprise deal, we went from rates from 200 bucks to 60 bucks. And then they were building in like, okay, we're gonna get a three to 4% rate increase for the next five, six years, uh, like annually, like three to 4%. And we're like, mm -mm. oh, that's not how this works, right? <laughs> like, no, we're actually gonna give a 50% rate increase in the first six months. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, but we can't build that in. And we're like, but that's what we're actually gonna do, right? Uh, so, which I, I get it from their standpoint. It makes complete sense. They're like, you want me see. to say, yeah. trust me, bro. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> exactly right. You're going to get it. So it's not like yeah. I hold it against them or anything, but you got to be able to have that conversation where we got to be saying, I understand that we can build that in, but let's show you, right? Let, let me show you what this will actually look like. And the facilities in that area, their in-place rents aren't 60 bucks. And it's easy to know that because if they were, they'd all be bankrupt. Right, they can't they they can't operate on sixty percent less revenue. Uh, in fact, it it shows because and I show in the video you can see the data on the um, REITs how much revenue uh, uh, in place rates have dropped. Everything else it looks catastrophic, but then the REITs are all up in revenue. Yeah, you mean the street rates? The, the excuse drop. me, yeah. excuse me, street yep. rates. Yes, uh, but then they're all up in revenue. So the correlation once again to street rates. Right. So, anyways, that was uh, what we're talking about on that YouTube video. And I showed the charts, everything, so you can check it out. But it, the question then for me and Connor to have a discussion about is the underwriting and that value part that I know a lot of you are saying, first of all, you may say, AJ, I don't know what's going on like you do, which that's fine. You don't need to, okay? Um, 
And that's why I did a video. So now you do know it like I do. So I explained it to you, showed you the data, just send that to whoever you want. Um, but then too, um, how do we move forward? And this question is one of the major reasons too, why transactions are down in self-storage, I think more than any other real estate asset class, right? So we're just not finding deals. I mean, it's over 80% comparative to where it went. And, and the reason first most, the bulk of the reason is interest rates, higher interest rates leading to um, uh, 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 lower valuations, right? Um, because you can't afford to pay as much for a deal because interest rates cost a lot. But then the, there's the other part, which is huge, which is the underwriting part, which you can imagine. I mean, imagine going into wherever city and you're like, okay, I'm going to pay you a seven cap or whatever it is. And in the market, you're looking at it and say rates have dropped by 60% in the last year. Or it doesn't even have to be that big of numbers, which we we're seeing. And I, and I show those numbers, but let, let's say it's 20%. 10%, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. rates dropping drop 10%, dropping it all. Exactly, you're exactly right, <laughs> yeah. Connor, dropping it all. Yeah. Why should I buy that deal? So, and then that may be you thinking that, but think about the banks or the investors even thinking about that. Right. Then you have to go say, hey, I want money. And by the way, I'm showing that we're gonna increase revenue in the next two years. And they're like, but rates are dropping. Mm -hmm. How does that work? And uh, this is the, the problem, right? This is the dilemma. And to be to, to say, yeah, rates are dropping, but storage facilities are actually positive in revenue. Um, I, I understand, like that's, that is the argument because that's the truth, but it can't be, trust me, bro, right? Like we, you need to be able to show that and explain it. And so you can look at it. And the, the easiest way I think that you can do, um, first of all, is forget about future. So that's the first thing. When you're looking at deals, find your edge that has nothing to do with the next season, with the next anything like that, right? First of all, you, you have the simplest one in real estates where you just buy right, meaning that, well, I got such a good deal on it that even if rents drop, I'm okay. The problem with that is that's, I, I don't know how you do that because that would suggest that the owner is just gonna take less than they could get. Um, so those aren't really coming around a lot. It's not that they don't, you can find them, but um, that's hard mm -hmm. to just say, I'm just getting such a low price that uh, those don't matter. So the first thing is you could do that, which is great. We hope we can do that, right? That'd be great. Uh, but the next thing is looking at the spreads. So why don't, Connor, talk to him about like a perfect example of this is Denver. What we've done on that, like our rate revenue management, everything else, because that, that in that market, rates are down 20%. Mm -hmm. And tell them what we're doing today in that environment with that asset. Yeah, we're, uh, we're dramatically increasing rates for specific individuals, specific unit types. Uh, again, this is all based on occupancy. Um, you're going in, you're identifying high levels of occupancy in certain areas in your facility and saying, hey, you know, again, that discrepancy of you just said the rates are dropping 20% in that market. Yeah, they're dropped 20% street rates, right? So again, making that correlation between street rates in place rates. If you've got super, super high demand, it's just like any other time you're underwriting, right? Super high demand means that you can drive rates. You can drive that. You don't have, if, if the occupancy is up, you don't have a ton of vacancy going on, any of that kind of stuff. 
segment that out in your facility, drive the rates, drive the revenue. That's exactly what we're doing in our facilities. And so our, and of those people that are getting that rate increase, and we talked a little bit about this on the last podcast, but of those people oh, that are- Jesse. Yeah. Was that what yeah. we were talking? Yeah, we did talk about this just a little on just, yeah, 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 yeah. We, and I, we might, I think so. And then we, um, we talked about how we stress tested even up to a 30% churn rate. So let's yeah. say 50% of the people at the facility got this strategic rate increase because the occupancy of a certain unit type was so high. Of those 50% that got the rate increase, what percentage of those people could churn and move out and that revenue that we would gain, that potential revenue, what at what point is there a break even? At what point is there, okay, it doesn't make sense to do this much of an aggressive rate increase. And we took it all the so way the to- rate increase compared to the people we lose from yep. giving the rate increase. Yeah, right? no, yes. exactly right. And so we took it all the way up uh, at, to 30% churn on that percentage of people. It's like Those 10% move out, 20%, mm -hmm. all the way to that 30%. Right, and the potential revenue was still 100% worth it. We hit the red button and said go. Yeah. Even at the 30%, yep. it was still over $100,000 more. Yeah, so exactly. We On a percentage lose. of tenants at a, at a facility. Yeah, that's right. Not all of them. Yeah. Just the ones we were giving rate increases It's to. incredible. Yeah. In it, an environment, to paint the picture again, in a market where you're looking at, you know, just from an outside perspective, whether you're a bank investor and you're saying, but the rates are down. Like, how are you? But, but you're going to go in and drive revenue? Like, yeah. And so th these, are, these are perfect, perfect case studies and, again, perfect ways to show that you know that that in place rate uh, is is dramatically different than that street rate, and it it absolutely makes sense. Again, if you're saying that, let's just say the average length of stay, you know, the the 14 months, 15 months, whatever it is at this point, is you know you do the 15 months, and every you know 90 days they're getting that. Let's just say it's a like you said, there's there's different percentages of increases, but let's just say they're getting a eight percent increase every time. If that person stays there for five years, six years, I mean, yeah, that's huge. And there's a lot of people that are renting storage units for yeah. 20 plus years, yeah. and they're paying hundreds of dollars a month for a storage facility and a, sto and a storage unit at a facility. And um, so it just, if you're looking at those metrics, I think AJ, you put it really, really well as far as, okay, well, how is anybody else succeeding then? If, yes. if all of the rates are at street rate right now, yeah. there's no way. Yeah, there's no, no way. way. Uh, and that's a perfect example in that market, in these other markets. And the thing about that I love, that that's measurable. So when we look at the facility, we can actually see. So when we look at it, we say, okay, there's. we think that there's opportunity here. You go under contract, we get to look inside and we get to see where are the rates at, where are people. And rates are usually all over the board. So like Connor said, it's not like we're giving all of them. It's actually a subset of tenants. And this is where we look at the sensitivity. So what we balance out with our ability. Oh, we talked about this with Marianne. Yes. Yeah. She, and this might come out before, which you guys got to listen to because she's our asset manager and we go way more in depth than this. Great episode. Great episode. You have to listen to her. Um, huge awesome hire for us just you know we knocked it out of the park with with her and we talk about what she's built uh, to do this but the idea is that once again you are it's a sub it's a subcategory of tenants that are not already in line and we look at sensitivity meaning which tenants have very low risk if any of moving out 
because there's either no options around or the options aren't good enough. And then we can target in different levels. Mm. All right, level one, we have extremely low risk of anybody moving out. Level two, we have more. Level three is the highest. And then we can look at the rate increases we give as a, and as, okay, if we lose people, where's that break even? And the thing about it is it's just not that immediate side, meaning immediately that rental rate income. But remember, we want people to move out. So there's that segment, we actually want them to leave. The reason being is if we increased rents by 30% and you lost 10%, somebody would say, oh, you increased it by 20%. Well, we increased that monthly payment increase on that gross revenue by 20%. But that 10% that we have is now gross potential revenue. So now we can work on filling that up. Whereas before we didn't have that potential. So now our future and the opportunity is, is more. So we want people to move out because we need to increase that gross revenue potential. And this is happening at any majorly operated storage facility out there. Uh, even, um, you know, uh, Ted in my inner circle I was working with him in, in the spring. Um, he had a facility that was like, I, I gotta remember it, but it was like 35% occupied. And I told him what to do. I said, hey, Ted, this, this is where you gotta go, man. This is what you gotta do. By the, and he was just not filling it up. He just, he was like, he wasn't gonna move in to anything else. He had it up to 70 something percent. Uh, plus by last month and he was giving rate increases and he was telling me the rate increases even though not fully stabilized anything else is the entire equivalency of a new facility for him yeah and so he's still in fill up mode giving rental rate increases and that is so big that it's like he bought a new facility and uh, so even this is a small facility Remember this, his facility, I think is 35,000 square feet. This isn't some mega one. It's just him. There's no, uh, there's no manager on site, right? Mm -hmm. There's no, he's, he's doing it. Um, and he, he can still execute that. So even on that, he's doing this revenue management or that dynamic pricing. And it's having a obviously huge effect on him and his investors or his partners that he has on that. So even in downtimes, everybody, there's that opportunity. And that's what I think you got to remember. And so to give a broad brush, anyone listening to this, just saying, oh, there's no opportunities out there. There's no, that's not only simply not true, it's wrong, mm -hmm. completely well, wrong. Yeah, it's completely wrong. And there's still, and don't throw out the idea of being able to find a facility right now today whose rates are below street rate. Because yeah. that still exists. So still exists. We're not saying like totally throw that out, totally look at this other option. No, like look at both. Look at both. There's still that. Yeah. And we do that even at our facilities currently because we'll run promotions. We'll do, you know, different asset, you know, discounts and promotions and, and marketing, you know, strategies to get people into units to drive that occupancy. Yes. And then once we do that, we're gonna start driving that revenue management on the back end, right? And so you're going to have people naturally as you're running promotions that come in at a lower street rate than normal. Let's say there was some first month free, 50% off for three months, whatever deal you're running. And you're going to have to, you're going to want to bring them up to a, uh, a street rate that say street rates may have increased for that unit type in that market. Uh, you're going to want to at least bring them up to a, a street rate in that market at some point in time. Yeah. So don't, don't totally forget about the street rate. No, not at all. And you got to remember too, 
that um, every unit's different. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of facilities you may find that have two units that are below street rates and maybe five or six that are above unit sizes, but that could represent 20%. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think right now it, it, it just takes more work. It takes more work to find and you gotta be more involved in the specifics in underwriting, okay? So many people said the market will make it. That was, you know, the underwriting, we could find it. Oh, we can do some improvements and everything, but really the market's gonna make us more and more every year, um, and that's gone. Now, all of you listening to the podcast here, though, that me and Connor have now been doing for years, should already know you should have never been underwriting like that. We don't do that. It's not based upon the market, but based upon what you can do. So don't let don't don't think the market is just going to make your facility more valuable, right? And that's why we do that because you don't know, right? So when you're underwriting, if you're underwriting the same way you were before, you should have that mode in. Now the thing you got to look at is the risk in the market for things to go down past where you bought it at or where they were. That is really concentrated mainly on new inventory. And so there's uh, 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 some different ways that you can go to try to find that inventory and new inventory coming on the market. Um, what are some ways that we can do that, Connor? Uh, some of the ways that you can find that new inventory coming on the market is one, just getting out and beating the pavement, going and talking to your local cities, local operators, owners, things like that, getting connected online, online communities, going to, you know, your state conferences, going to the SSI event, um, right. you know, every year. And then, uh, no, you can do those things. Um, but the other thing is, is you can utilize software as well. Um, but just keep in mind, software um, isn't always 100%. Um, you, you trust but verify, right? So if you're using a software like, I know we use Radius quite a bit. Um, if you're popping on Radius or one of these other platforms and you're seeing that, hey, there's a planned project in this area, maybe go and talk to that city and see like, hey, like, is this project still moving forward or what's going on with this thing? Or, and just getting that information to see what's going on. Because I can't tell you how many times we've seen a project that was going to be coming online never ended up coming to fruition. We had a project right next to us that was going to be like another, you know, a few hundred thousand square feet of storage that they ended up building like a couple, you know, maybe 20,000 square feet and then like dipping out of the project because they couldn't make it pencil anymore. Um, all kinds of projects. I mean, the development world is, is, is fraught with projects yes. falling out. Yes. <laughs> so yes, there's a is. lot of these things as far as this new supply coming on. Just keep a Where good do you go pulse to verify? on it. Um, as far as verifying what the, like the, the project, if it's coming just going in, to the cities, yep. city, straight going to the, to the cities, city. talking to them, getting the information, seeing what's permitted, what's not, what's moving forward. And then again, just going and talking to those individuals who, who might even be running those projects. Like, Hey, where are you guys at? What yes. are you, are, are you still moving forward? Are you not, you know, I'm another operator in this area looking to, you know, acquire or have a couple of facilities. Um, curious what you guys are seeing. And, and again, that open communication that you have with other operators, owners in those in that area, in that market, and in the industry as a whole, is going to be incredibly valuable for you because the last thing you want to do is go and, you know, think that you're going to come into a market and you know drive rates and do this and execute your business plan only to have somebody come in that can execute it a lot more effectively and a lot more efficiently and adds a huge amount of supply to your to your market and or the worst. The, case scenario would be somebody coming in who's not a good operator that would totally just destroy your market oversupply it 
whatever that looks like. 100%. So. One of the things that we ask when we're selling, we ask, why are you selling? So why are you selling your facility? And then we ask, do you know of any storage facilities that are coming in mm-hmm. when we're buying? Ask the owner, right? Yeah. Are they selling it to us? Because yep. they know that somebody's building 200,000 square feet and doubling exactly. <laughs> owners. And then we yeah. want them to say, either you know no because they have to tell us if they if they know so um i think uh, you know really trying to identify that uh supply and demand and making sure that it's even and then find that price stability right um so correlating your overall vacancy with the rates so rates are dropping but is occupancy dropping right now two we say rates we're talking on average there's there's mar- plenty of markets out there that rates are not dropping Okay, so I need to make sure we state that right yeah, off the bat. That's a really good point. Um, but it, it, on average, eight times out of ten, right, it, it, we have rates that are softening. It's just going back to normal. With once again, like we stated, you know, it doesn't. It can be confusing because it demand hasn't fallen off a cliff. So now, of course, they're not lined up, and of course, it's not easy like it was, but. Uh, historical average is between 84 and 90 percent occupied Mm -hmm. well and something really important that you mentioned is is uh i think it was towards the beginning of the podcast here is you're like you asked the question well how are the rates down and uh you know these things are softening right but but the revenue's up and that's a really really good metric to remember you know occupancy yeah what is the occupancy rates yeah what are rates but what is the revenue what is the revenue per square foot for that occupancy so that's another metric that you don't want to forget about because even if the occupancy is down, revenues could be going up like yeah. what we're seeing yeah. and, and what we're actually physically able to achieve right now today. So today, guys, first of all, just do some more research. Work a little harder and you're going to find the opportunity. Uh, and that's the same with the acquisition, meaning that trying to find people that want to sell their property I mean, you got to do more work right it's it's just not as easy as it used to be but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing it doesn't mean it's a bad thing for a few reasons first of all it's good the market's recalibrating it's good for the long term even though we may not like it in the short term but two we're coming off of historic unreasonable pricing so if you're trying to get into this game this should be a welcome relief because the pricing that we came off of was stupid. Yeah. And it was unreasonable. No, it's unreasonable. And there's so much more opportunity now to come in and have genuine connection and interaction with storage owners and operators who might be interested in selling. Because, I mean, I don't know how, how much these guys have been getting hammered over the past several years uh, with the mailers and the phone calls and the brokers and the thing. I mean, if you come in as, you know, the dude down the street that's lived there for a while or moved there with your family or I mean you're visiting that area traveling there to check the facilities out and the storage you know industry in the market there um, there's just a lot of opportunity to create genuine connection with people at this point in time I think as well because things have cooled off a little bit yes absolutely dig deeper everybody don't just broad stroke here hyper local hyper micro um, and then dig in changing conditions market don't expect it underwriting do the work get to know the owners right and um, you will produce good results quality over quantity in today's market all day long all day long all the time awesome thanks everybody thanks guys